morning and welcome to Are You Up Babes. I hope that you have a cup of coffee and possibly a blanket to keep you warm um, as it's a little bit nippy in Johannesburg. But I, I really hope that as we get together and as we study the word that you will be encouraged and that the Holy Spirit will minister to you in your circumstances today. And so I wanted to start by reading from Romans chapter 5 and I just want to look at a few verses. It starts in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, so we receive Jesus Christ by faith because of the finished work at the cross through the blood of Jesus, we've been made right. We are in right standing with God through Jesus not by anything we ourselves have done, but by everything that he has done for us. And it says, we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace. And so our lives change from a life of confusion, turmoil, worry, anxiety, to a life of peace that no matter what is going on around us, we have a peace that passes understanding. Why? Because God gives us a gift. His Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. He comes to take a home on the inside of us and he is the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, sends us a comforter who gives us peace. And so it says we have peace. Then it goes on to say, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. That is beautiful, that we would be in right standing and we would be in a place of peace with God because we are now in right standing because of what Jesus has done. And because we are at peace with God, we now can be at peace with people. We are no longer ruled by our past, by our shame. We no longer make decisions based on our past, on our shame. Because we are renewed, we are renewed in Christ and we have peace with God and so we can have peace with others. Verse 2 then says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So because of the faith that we've placed in God, we've believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior by faith, and we now believe God, we are put in a place of undeserved privilege. We're no longer orphans. We are children of the Most High God. He's adopted us into his very own family, and we can confidently come before him, joyfully be in his presence, and look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3 says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Let's pause there. My goodness gracious me. Not only can we rejoice because of this relationship we now have with God our Father, but it says we can also rejoice when we run into problems and trials. We really need to pause and look at that as Christians because we can blame the devil for every problem, every trial, every day things that happen we can actually be binding out the devil but yet it says we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for we know they help us develop endurance endurance is the ability to keep going endurance is the ability to go on to keep moving i might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death but i am walking i haven't stopped i haven't given up i'm not sitting down i'm not dead in my circumstances but i'm able to endure and then it says endurance develops strength of character now 
Our character is developed by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So instead of getting angry and having fits of rage and being immoral and drunk and being bound in addictions, we are able to overcome that because of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We are able to now develop the fruit of the Spirit. So instead of being angry, we're filled with love. We're filled with kindness. We're filled with joy. We have self-control not to open our mouths and say something in the flesh instead of being quiet and speaking words of peace, um, encouragement. So it says here, endurance develops strength of character. We actually become more mature in Christ when we develop strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. We become more and more sure of what we are doing on this earth. We become more and more sure of the hope of heaven when things happen. In other words, we, we question God less. We doubt God less. We have excuses and reasoning less because we have become confident in our hope of Christ, in our hope of salvation. And then verse 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. What a phenomenal gift God has given us, the Holy Spirit. And you know, as a Christian, we cannot go through life not acknowledging the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us authority and power. And Jesus was excited to leave us because he said, when I go, you will receive a gift. The gift was the Holy Spirit. And it is in the Holy Spirit we are able to fulfill our mission on this earth in the blessing he has blessed us with, in authority and in power. And so that's a phenomenal verse. But then right at the end of Romans chapter 5, it says this, verse 20, it says this, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. So God gave his law so that everyone can see how sinful they are. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Now, I used to look at this verse and go, why would God's grace need to become more abundant? The more people sin, the more God's grace abounds. I, I don't understand. Now, I want us to look at the moral fiber in society today. You know, if you look at decades ago, people had a better moral fiber than they have today. If you look at the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, um, people, the moral fiber today to murder in the form of abortion. And again, when I say that, it's not, are we on this mission? Abortion is murder. When we think we have the right to take the life of someone else because of some reason in our life, that is murder. I have actually seen documentaries, mind-blowing, and I've shared this before on Are You Up Babs, of people that have been approached and have been asked, if you were paid a million dollars to murder someone, would you? And you would think the person without batting their eyelids would say no. And yet it shocked me as they paused and contemplated. Some didn't pause. They went, yep, sure, absolutely, I would consider it. Um, some would say, depending on who the person is, but 
people literally considered it and others blatantly said, yes, I would do it for the money. And so if you look at that, the moral fiber in society has deteriorated. People no longer think it's wrong to lie. That's a moral fiber that has been totally destroyed in society. If something is sitting on a table and no one's around like a cell phone, that thing is so easily stolen. And as I've said, it doesn't even need to be on the table. It can actually be in your bag and go missing. The point is people's moral fiber has disappeared in society. There definitely has been a deterioration in character, in moral fiber, in people upholding the laws, even just simple submission to teachers, to police. Just submission in a classroom is a challenge. Um, children do not respect their elders. Uh, children do not honor people who are older than them or their teachers. In fact, I've heard in the very rich communities, the parents call their lawyers if the teachers step out of line. What are we teaching our children? And so the moral fiber, if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's not easily upheld in society today. And now we look at that verse where it says, the more sin abounds, the more grace abounds. I think if people from hundreds of years ago looked at us in society today and how we lie and how we live and the moral fiber, they would literally say, my goodness gracious me. Can you hear it? Maybe you can hear your great grandmother going, my goodness gracious me, as they see how society has crumbled. And I wanted to share with you the story of a stewardess on a flight and she approached two men. The first man she approached, she said to him, sir, this life jacket, put on this life jacket because it will improve your flight. So the man looks at her skeptical. He looks at the life jacket. He sees no one else is wearing the life jacket. So he's a bit dubious about putting on the life jacket. Eventually he thinks, well, he'll give it a try and he puts on the life jacket, but he immediately notices it's incredibly uncomfortable. In fact, it's heavy and he can't even sit up straight in his chair. He also notices that people are beginning to look at him wearing this life jacket and they begin to laugh at him and mock him. And he doesn't like the fact that he's been laughed at. Eventually he pulls off the life jacket and he throws it on the floor and he feels angry at the stewardess for lying to him. He feels bitter, bitterness fills his heart and he feels disillusionment. And he thinks I will never put on that life jacket again. But the stewardess walks up to a second man and she says something different. She says to him, sir, in any moment, we're going to have to jump from the plane. We're going to have to jump 25,000 feet, put on the jacket. The man is incredibly grateful and puts on the jacket. He barely notices it's heavy. He doesn't notice how uncomfortable he is or even that he's bent over in his chair. And when people begin to look at him and laugh, his concern for them is that they are going to need to jump out of this plane and they're going to die if they don't have a life jacket on. You see, the way this man looked at the life jacket was completely opposite to the other man. This man grateful for that life jacket. 
this man concerned for those who do not have it on. The other man, bitterness filling his heart, totally disillusioned and will never put on the life jacket again. Now, Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says the wages of sin is death. Now, we've just read from Romans chapter 5, the more sin abounds, the more grace abounds. But now in Romans 6, the very next chapter, Paul writes the wages of sin is death, but it is the free gift of God, which is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So God has given us a free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. We're putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And we need to understand unless we do that, the wages of sin is death. You know, we all have an appointment with death. We don't know when it is. For all of us, we hope it's far away, maybe 80 years time. But we all have an appointment with death. So does this sound like a contradiction? And Paul answers it in the very next verse and says, no, exclamation mark, no, because sin's power is broken. And so when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, something supernatural happens that the power that sin had over us is completely broken. And now the power of the blood of Jesus is covering us and overwhelming victory is ours. Verse 1 of chapter 6 says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Verse 2, of course not, exclamation mark, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? And so for us as Christians, we need to understand we have been set free from the power of sin. And when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, immediately your spirit is renewed, your spirit is reborn. It was dead. It came to life. It is reborn. It has come to life. The problem is your flesh wants to do what your flesh used to do, and your mind wants to think the way your mind used to think. But the Bible tells us, as we read the word, our mind is renewed, and we begin to think the way God thinks, the power of the word begins to rule our mind, that we are no longer living in a pattern of sin, but we are renewed through the word. And then as we begin to walk in the spirit and as we begin to live with the fruit of the spirit, the old habits of the flesh are destroyed as we learn by habit to live in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to walk in love and joy and peace and patience and faithfulness and kindness and joy and self-control. And that is what we need to do. And we need to understand the wages of sin is death. But the more sin abounds in society and we are seeing society in a way that's crazy, we need to understand the more grace abounds. What does that mean? The more God makes a plan for us to reach people, that as we speak to them in love, as we share our testimony with them, as we pray for them when they're not feeling well, as we check up on them, their hearts begin to soften and they are able to turn to Christ as their Lord and Savior. The wages of their life would no longer be death, but that they would be given the free gift of eternal life 
to receive the glory with Christ. And that is exactly what the word says. And, you know, as we read the word, really let it allow us to be transformed, that that our minds would be renewed to think like Jesus Christ. So as I read this, this passage today, I'm excited by the goodness of God that as times have changed and people would literally go, oh my goodness gracious me, we as Christians can actually see God work in the lives of a broken world so that we can stand back in awe and go, oh my goodness gracious me, God is so faithful. And I want to encourage you today, God is faithful. He is faithful. Whatever is going on in your world, in your life, in your relationships with your family, God is faithful. He's faithful to complete the work that he's started in your life and he's faithful to see the promises through in your life. Don't give up. Don't give in. Allow his word to strengthen you in your character that the hope of God becomes more and more in your life. You become more assured and more confident of the goodness of God in your life. Can we do that as Christians? Can we continue to draw close to him that we become so assured of who we are, of whose we are, and of the hope of heaven? I want to encourage you as you're encouraged, go and encourage people. There are so many people in your life that need encouragement today. So let's pray together. I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it encourages us. It gives us hope. It gives us hope in our world today, in our current situation. And it gives us hope for the future, hope for eternity. Thank you for the sacrifice at the cross through the power of your blood to give us eternal life, a free gift. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us, to give us authority, to carry out the mission you've given us on this earth. And Father, when we speak to people, let it be in love. Let it be in authority so that we can bring them to a place where they can walk in your blessings every day of their lives, that they can reach out to other people in their world every day of their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful week.